Welcome to Grace Capital Church Podcast, broadcasting from our Pembroke campus. I wanted to, um, I wanted to let you know that, that sometimes when you think about expanding the kingdom of God or what, reaching pe- the unreached, somehow we think foreign nations or we think adults, but the reality is our little ones. I have the privilege, I, as I said, I get emotional talking about it because there's nothing like a kid coming to Jesus. There were over 50 kids that gave their life to Jesus for the very first time at camp this week. And uh, I have the privilege of, of witnessing that. And uh, I also want to brag, I, I'm sure Jesse's not in here this morning. She's serving in her kids' ministry, but... Well, I'll tell you what, Jesse, our children's ministry director, is knocking it out of the park. She is so awesome. So if you see her, please give her a high five and say, Jesse, thank you so much for investing in our young people. So, all right, get it together here. So the king and his kingdom, here we are on week four. And today I have uh, titled this message, if you're taking notes, The Day of the Great Separation. The Day of the Great Separation. There's a couple um, parables that Jesus talks about um, that deals with this whole idea of of there's going to be a separation of people. And I'm going to jump right there. If you have your Bibles and turn to Matthew chapter 13, I'll wait for you to get there because it's important that you know where this is and that you see it. You can go to your phone, go to your Bible app, Matthew 13, crack open your Bibles um, to, to do that together. The verse will not be up there. You will actually see the reference to it, but you will not be able to read um, that. So please um, open up your phone or your Bibles to see that um, with us together. So these are parables. Remember, a parable is, is a real uh, life story. Well, I should say it's an example of something that people can relate to that would be common in the time of the people when Jesus was talking to them. And while you're continuing to look at that, I I want you to just think for a moment, and I'm going to ask you this question. How many people do you know that are not fully committed to Jesus? And I'm saying fully committed because there's a lot of people who know of Jesus, and you've probably had some conversations, but I want you to start counting in your head by name, family members, friends, neighbors who don't know Jesus, and I want you to go, whenever you get up to 10 of them in your head, I want you to raise your hand. So go ahead right now, figure this out. Keep going. I'm waiting for you. All right, you can put your hand down. So the reality is there's a lot of people who don't know Jesus. Guess what? In New Hampshire, the chances of people not knowing Jesus are very high because we are the least religious state in the whole U.S. I've given you this statistic before. And uh, and we're, we're at the bottom, but... Massachusetts and Vermont are right next to us at the bottom. But what an opportunity. What an opportunity. 
And I think that the reality of understanding that there are people who don't know Jesus, I think it's okay to kind of think, oh, there's people who don't know Jesus. I've been found. But there comes a time where there's going to be a great separation. So I want you to think of those 10 people that you just were thinking about. And I want you to think about a time that's going to happen fairly shortly where an angel is going to come and then separate people onto two sides, into two groups. And Jesus tells us this is what's going to happen in Matthew 13. This is called the parable of the weeds in verse 24. He put another parable before them saying, the kingdom of heaven may be compared to a man. Remember, we're talking about the kingdom of heaven or the kingdom of God may be compared to a man who sowed good seed in his field. But while his men were sleeping, his enemy came and sowed weeds among the wheat and went away. So when the plants came up, they bore grain. Then the weeds appeared also. And the servants of the master of the house came and said to him, Master, did you not sow good seed in the field? How then does it have weeds? Then he said to them, An enemy has done this. So the servants said to him, Then do you want us to go gather them? Gather the weeds. But he said, No, lest in gathering the weeds you root up the wheat along with them. Let both grow together until the harvest, and at the harvest time I will, I will tell the reapers, Gather the weeds first, bind them in bundles to be burned, but gather the wheat into my barns. So there's wheat... And there's weeds. There's going to be a separation between the wheat and the weeds. There's a parallel parable that Jesus talks to just a little bit further in verse 47, still chapter 13. It says the parable of the net. Again, the kingdom of heaven is like a net that was thrown into the sea and gathered fish of every kind. Can you visualize that? When it was full, men drew it ashore, sat down, and sorted the good into containers, but threw away the bad. So it will be at the end of the age, the angels will come out and separate the evil from the righteous and throw them into the fiery furnace. In that place, there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. The great separation. There's going to be some that are going to be separated where they say they're righteous and there's going to be some who are saying they're wicked and they're evil and they're going to be separated out. Today we're going to talk about what does it mean to, be, to face that day where we personally, if Abby is correct, if others are correct, that saying that the, the gospel could be preached to all the world in this generation, which means this is the preparation of the return of Jesus Christ, which he's talking about the end of the age. Could it be that in our lifetime there we are going to face the great separation and are you going to be okay with having your friends, your family, your neighbors, your co-workers who don't know Jesus to spend eternity in torment? separated from God, put in a fiery furnace. Now, you might say, well, if God is a God of love, how could he allow this to take place? Can I tell you what? God is a God of love, and his desire is that none should perish. Can all you all say none? None. His desire is that none should perish. 
But for some reason, people have a choice. It's free will, right? And some will choose and some won't. But my question, my concern is, if people really know about Jesus and really know the gospel, have that been pre- if that's not been presented to them, how can they choose? And I think there's going to be an opportunity in this season when this great harvest is coming, this wave of God's spirit is coming, that he is looking for the body, the church, to be ready to share the good news of Jesus Christ. Because our heart should begin to start seeing and feeling what it would be like for somebody to spend eternity separated from God, that they would be separated into two groups. Just try to picture for a moment that day, that, that day when everybody's gathered together and all of a sudden there's going to be, yes, you're in. No, you're out. Yes, you're in. No, you're out. The great separation. You know, it's very similar to something else that Jesus talked about in Matthew chapter 25. And this is going to give us a little bit clue to say, well, how do we know if we're really in? Is it just saying the prayer? In Matthew 25, it's titled the final judgment in verse 31. Matthew 25, verse 31. When the angel, sorry, when the Son of Man comes in his glory, we're talking about the return of Jesus, and when all the angels with him, when he will sit on his glorious throne, before him will be gathered all the nations, and he will separate people one from another, as a shepherd separates the sheep from the goats. And he will place the sheep on his right, but the goats on his left. Then the king will say to those on his right, Come, who are blessed by my father, inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world. This is interesting now. This is where he begins to start saying, What are the qualities of marked by a son and a daughter of the king who are living in the kingdom? says, I was hungry, and you gave me food. These are Jesus' words, red letters in the Bible. I was thirsty, and you gave me drink. I was a stranger, and you welcomed me. I was naked, and you clothed me. I was sick, and you visited me. I was in prison, and you came to me. Then the righteous will answer him, saying, Lord, when did we see you hungry and feed you, or thirsty and give you drink? And when did we see you a stranger and welcome you, or naked and clothe you? And when did we see you sick or in prison and visit you? And the king will answer them, Truly I say to you, as you did it to one of the least of these my brothers and sisters, you did it to me. So here Jesus begins to start saying the the qualities and characteristics that should be evidenced in our life of the righteous people are those who are concerned about the least of these in our world. Then he will say to those on his left, Depart from me, you cursed, into eternal fire, prepared for the devil and his angels. Ouch. For I was hungry, and you gave me no food. I was thirsty, and you gave me no drink. I was a stranger, and you did not welcome me. Naked, and you did not clothe me. Sick, and in prison, and you did not visit me. Then they will also answer, saying, Lord, when did we see you hungry or thirsty or a stranger? Isn't it interesting they, they call him Lord at this point? Or 
or thirsty or a stranger or naked or sick or in prison and did not minister to you. Then he will answer them saying, truly I say to you, as you did not do it for the least of these, you did not do it to me. And these will go away into eternal punishment, but the righteous into eternal life. When Jesus in Matthew chapter 3, he says, repent for the kingdom of God is at hand. I really believe that word repentance is really what we need to talk about today. Because the great separation has everything to do with how we place Jesus and where we place others in our life. Where we place Jesus and where we place others. Because the higher we place Jesus the more clearly we understand the needs of, of people around us. See, some, the problem with um, us today is we're very selfish and we're very self-centered. I know I can be very much that. This is a very convicting message for me. But as we were singing that worship song, Be Lifted High, I realized that many of you are coming here today with burdens, troubles, cares of the world. And I want to encourage you that those troubles are real, yes, but you want your troubles to get smaller and smaller in life so you can begin to start thinking of yourself less. You see, as long as we have troubles and as long as we have challenges in our life, all we're doing is we're thinking about ourselves, my troubles, my challenges, my lack of uh, my finances, my job, my, 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 oh my. And as we begin to place Jesus higher, what happens? If you are on the ground and you see a big bus, like a monster bus that seems like the monster problem in your life, you feel like you're going to get hit by a bus and it's going to flatten you. But what you need to do is you need to get in an airplane and get higher and put it into the right perspective. All of a sudden that bus becomes like a little ant. And that's what happens when we begin to lift Jesus high. We begin to get his perspective on our problem. And all of a sudden we realize our problems are really specks of dust. And what we think is this big insurmountable problem that's consuming our time and our energy and our focus really is not that big in the sight of Jesus. And we need to lift him high, put him in his right place, let him be the king of the kingdom, and we need to stop ruling our own lives. So when it says, repent, the kingdom of God is at hand, in Matthew 3, verse 2, what he's saying is, Stop trying to do it on your own. The repentance is stop looking at your problems. Stop looking at your life and begin to start seeing the kingdom for what it is and placing Jesus where you need to appropriately place him as the king of this world, of the king of your life. Then that goes back to this. It comes back to this whole idea of who, how, do, how does somebody become righteous? If there's going to be this great separation, the sheep and the goats, the wheat and the weeds, the good fish and the bad fish, as Jesus talked about in these parables, how, who gets to be good and who gets to be bad? Well, it does boil down to who is your king. The king and his kingdom. As long as you keep yourself on the throne, the, the controller of your own life, 
I would hesitate to guess that you're probably going to be distracted by life and not going to see Jesus as the king where he should be. Yes, John 3.16. We know this verse, right? We see it when people play sporting games. They hold up the sign, John 3.16. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whoever believes in him shall not perish, right? Whoever believes. So is believing enough? Well, I say believing is a start because you have to acknowledge what Jesus has done for us, but believing is a part of it because the Bible also say even the demons believe. So believing with repentance. See, there's another scripture that says godliness with repentance is great, great gain. Godliness with repentance is great gain. Why? Because again, repentance places ourselves back in a place of humility and saying, let Jesus be the king in my life. If you want to look that up somewhere, that's 1 Timothy 6, 6. 1 Timothy 6, 6. Godliness with repentance is great gain. But the reason why he wants us to get our eyes off of ourself and he wants us to see the least of these are those I also believe are the ones who are not yet righteous or the ones who yet do not know Jesus that we need to know who they are and be very intentional to say, guess what? Could it be my responsibility to tell those 10 people about Jesus? Could Jesus be asking you to be the one to share the good news? Well, how, how do I do that? Well, I'm going to demonstrate that for you because everybody's freaked out about sharing Jesus. I need a volunteer, any volunteer. Okay, Brenda, come on up. So we have a volunteer right here. You got to hustle here, Brenda. Come on right up those steps. So Brenda, Brenda is not a believer. I mean, she is in real life. She is. But, but she, today she's going to pretend that she's not a believer. Thank you so much. So, so you're going you're gonna, to, can I have the microphone? There is an extra microphone around here somewhere. And, um, or maybe I can speak for you. So, so basically it's this. And remember, this is one of your ten. This is one of your ten. So, hey, Brenda, you know, you know we've been friends a long time or maybe family members for a long time, right? right. And you really love me, right? right? And I love you. Right. In the Lord. In the Lord. <laughs> we're pretending we're brothers and sisters or family members, okay? I get that. All right. So just play along with me, Brenda. We can do this. So um, what do you think about Jesus? Have you ever thought of who Jesus is? Yeah, I have. You have? Yeah. Okay, so what, what do you think of him? He's just a man. He's just a He's man. He's just a prophet, like, like the other ones. Okay, so you're playing along pretty good, Brenda. Good job. So, so can I just tell you about my experience with Jesus? Okay. And I'm just going to tell you, when I was 22, I had an encounter with God. I grew up in the church. I didn't know what if I believed. I said, God, if you're real, you've got to prove yourself to me. My life forever was changed. I don't know how it really works, but I asked him really into my life, and, and for, my life changed. My guilt, my shame, joy came into me, and it's just like I've been on this journey with him. 
would you ever want this kind of joy and this kind of freedom and this kind of peace like I've experienced? Would you be open to it? Um, is that the same one like Frank Sinatra sang about? I don't know what song that is, but maybe. Um, but, but anyways, I, if you're ever interested, if you ever want to be open to that, I would love to help you with that process. Would you be open, like at some point in time in your life, would you be open for me to tell you about Jesus and how it is that you can experience that same joy and freedom in your life? You, this is where you say yes, Brenda. This is where you say yes. Okay, yes. Okay. Yes, you would. Okay, give Brenda okay. a, bank, a big hand. Right. Okay. So, all right. You play along really well, Brenda. Thank you so much for being my willing participant. But, but it really is that simple. And let me give you an example. Uh, at camp this week, we had uh, a, young, a young boy. Um, the first night at camp, we kind of wanted to assess where are people at in their relationship with Jesus and, and have an opportunity for people to, if they hadn't yet accepted Christ, to accept Christ. And it was very well done in a skit and so on and so forth. And I came up, I had this opportunity to pray with this young guy who was in my cabin. And he goes, you know what, I'm, I'm, just, I'm just not ready. And I said, you know what, I commend you for not feeling the pressure and you could articulate that you're not ready. But I want to let you know that whenever you are ready, I want to be the guy. I want to, I want to introduce you to Jesus. Second night, he finds me and says, I think I'm ready. I prayed with him and he received Christ. The third night, he's worshiping with his hands up. But you know, the reality is, is there's a longing inside every single person to know Christ. There really is. And yes, we have an enemy that wants to hold people back, that wants to cloud their minds and that kind of stuff. But the best way you can do this is just love people where they're at. But you know what? Long is, long goes the thing of friendship evangelism. I'll wait until they they ask me, what, you look different or you act different. Like, what's different about you? They might just think you're a nice guy. I don't know. But, but we need to be able to share the gospel because if there's truly going to be a great separation that's coming up and it's coming soon, what would you do this? If you saw a forest fire coming and you saw the row of houses and all of a sudden you knew you had the information this forest fire was going to consume this house, would you not run to that person's house and say, there's a fire coming. Let me tell you how you can get out alive. Let me tell you, you can move to a place of safety and freedom. Would you not be the one who would say, I can do something about this? I'm sure you would. Everybody here would know if there is danger coming, and you had the ability to do something about it, to see somebody be rescued from that danger, would you not do it? You would. I know you would. It is with my greatest conviction that I feel we are coming into these times where there's going to be this drawing of people to Jesus but it does not just happen just by the spirit of God alone he does it in partnership 
with people like you and I who are willing to open our mouths to talk about Jesus with other people. So my challenge for you this week is of those 10 people that you raise your hand of saying, you know, start praying for those 10. And what I would like you to do is say, Holy Spirit, speak to me. Which one of those 10 is open to hear the message of Jesus Christ? And then you're going to pray, pray, pray and muster up some courage and and you're going to share kind of like what I did. Hey, what do you think about Jesus? Have you ever thought about Jesus? And they're going to tell you their story. They might have had a bad experience. They might have grown up in a Catholic church. They might have whatever, whatever, whatever. But then you say, can I tell you my experience? Can I tell you what Jesus has done in my life? And then Jesus offers you something. When you come to him, he does offer peace. He does offer joy. He does offer forgiveness for, for all the junk of your past. He, he, he takes away your shame. It's very real. And then all you need to do is say, do a simple prayer and just say, have the person repeat after if you want to, because it's got to be them. Jesus, I just want you in my heart. I want you in my life. I want to make you the Lord of my life. I'm tired of living my own way. I'm tired of doing it on my own. I want you in my life. Please come into my life. Boom. I'll tell you, it's just the invitation. It really is that easy. I don't want to see any one of my family members, my neighbors, my friends be at that day and they look me as they're being separated. They're looking out of the crowd of being separated away. It's like, I'm all going over there and they're going, why didn't you tell me? Why didn't you tell me? As they're being dragged away and separated to the other side, you had the answer all along. Why didn't you tell me? Because you know that's what they're going to say. We have a responsibility. Now, that's the extent of our responsibility to share the good news. How they receive it is up to them. And by the way, if they say, no, 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 I'm not ready yet. Just, you better love them the same, by the way. And don't take it as personal rejection. They're not rejecting you. I'm going to end on this verse. First John one of the uh, disciples of Jesus is John. It's at the end of the Bible, um, first, second, third John Revelation. So go to the end and flip back a little bit. My little children, I'm writing these. This is John, first John chapter two, verse one. First John chapter two. My little children, I'm writing these things to you that they that you may not sin. But if anyone does sin, we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ the righteous. He is the propitiation. Okay, a big word. Basically, he's done it for us. He stood in the gap. He's made it happen for our sins. He's taken our place. And not for ours only, but for the sins of the world. That's his, that the scripture that lines up with that. His heart is that none should perish. And by this we know that we have come to know him, that we keep his commands. Listen to this. 
You want to know if you're part of the righteous that you keep his commands. Whoever says, I know him, but does not keep his commands is a liar. And the truth is not in him, but whoever keeps his word and in him truly the love of God is perfected. By this we may know that we are in him. Whoever says he abides in him ought to walk the same way in which he walked. I'm calling you higher church today. I'm calling you higher. As we lift him up, I'm calling you up. It is time. It is not a time to, to lounge back and sip your coffee and just let life happen. It's a time where you need to be filled with his spirit and you need to share the gospel and you need to live like Jesus. Now, it also realizes that nobody's perfect. Nobody is. And that's why we, Jesus stood in the gap for us, that he has made us righteous, that when he, the Father sees us as believers, he's going to look at Jesus' blood and atonement for us. And he's going to say, you have been marked by the blood of Jesus Christ. Enter in. So don't think you've got to start striving now and like get on a hamster wheel and like, oh man, I don't know if I'm going to make it. I said, just keep your eyes on Jesus, make him the Lord of your life and start doing what he did and you'll be fine. But what about your family? What about your friends? What about your neighbors? Are they fine? Because there's going to be a great separation. And I don't want any one of you to have that feeling of like, oh man, I should have said something. I believe in you. You can do it. You can do it. If you rise to your feet, today I want our response to be this. We're going to be singing that song that we sang earlier, Lifted High. but, but But the call to action today is, first of all, repentance. Repentance that you've made either your problems or your life too much about you. And as a result, you haven't had a chance to think about much about the Lord as it is about all everybody else around you that needs Jesus. And all repentance is is saying, I'm sorry. You know what? I'm choosing this day to change the way I've been living and I'm going to go after you, Jesus, and I'm going to make you the Lord and the King of my life. So whatever you need to do as we sing this song, that's the response for for today. You can come forward, you can kneel, you can stand, you can worship, you can sit in your seat, whatever whatever the Spirit of God is asking you to respond. But then next, I'm asking you this, seriously, and I'm going to ask you to raise your hand. Would you at least be open? I'm not asking for openness. I'm not committing you to this, but would you at least be open to allow the Spirit of God to use you to share the gospel of Jesus Christ with one of your ten over the next two weeks? Would you be open to it? Thank you so much for being open. And I truly believe that the Spirit of God will use you. I really do. And if you're saying, you know what, I'm struggling how to do this, text me, call me, whatever. I will hook you up with somebody who will give you some, hey, we'll do a dry run through. We'll, we'll figure this out together. Because I don't want you to come to the end of your time and you have one of your friends say, why didn't you tell me the truth? We'll do this, church, together. We will. So as we sing this song, 
respond to him in repentance. I felt like as I was praying this week that the Lord said, I'm, I'm releasing my spirit of repentance. All, repentance is not bad, by the way. Repentance is super good. I repent all the time because I do a lot of stupid things. But I want to realize that, that I want God to even be higher in my life, to lift him high, that I might become smaller, my problems become smaller, my issues become smaller, and so that I can see the focus, the least of these, the lost, the least, and I can be a part of this great end time harvest that God is calling us to. Let's sing this together and respond to him. Thank you for listening to the Grace Capital Church Podcast. If you'd like to know more about this podcast and the mission that we have in New England, or if this podcast has been a blessing to you and you would like to support this ministry financially, please visit us online at gccnh.com 